All right. Well, welcome, listeners. This is Geekiest Show Ever, episode 128. And would you believe it? After I gave Mark crap last week, last week about not being here for the three shows prior to that, that bastard is gone again. I mean, this guy just has no dedication to you, my friends. He's just gallivanting around, doing his little dance with with frat boys or sorority girls. We don't know which. It's just just ridiculous. I mean, but luckily, our dear friend and our five-thirds of Beetle is back. Welcome back again, Mr. Mike McPeak. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Ah, It's always good to have you around, my friend. I mean... Gives me a chance to geek out. Well, and of course, right now I think Mark may go down to one third of a host because this is this is out of four episodes, uh, the four five most recent episodes we recorded. He's only been here for one, and you have been here for four of. Them. <laughs> See, five thirds and a third. Yeah, we're good. I don't know. We're starting to do math here. Fraction math was hard. So no, no, math is fun. Math. I keep telling my kids that, and they keep telling me no. And so I just always sneak in little, like like Allison says, our friend Allison Sheridan, I sneak in little math facts and get them thinking about it. And I had my uh, youngest daughter, I was teaching her algebra as we were driving home from someplace yesterday, and she's going, oh, that's not that hard. I said, no, algebra's easy. Well, and, like, uh, and I always told my son, because when I used to work out at the potato chip plant, um, I said that was because he always had problems with story problems. I said when I was working out there, it was one continuous story problem because in order to come in, you would have to have uh, like say twelve, uh, like say thirty boxes of uh, one ounce chips, and I know that I could get twelve boxes out of a batch. How many batches do I have to do to get thirty boxes of chips? I mean, you know, it was one big con- uh, continuous story problem. You always had to think in terms like that. So. Uh, and I tried to get it across to him. He still uh, doesn't understand story problems, but he likes potato chips, so I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, that's yeah word problems. Now that's something I always thought was fun was word problems. Even all the way up through college, I was going, "Oh, I like this stuff." You know, the coefficient of friction on a rock sliding down a twelve degree plane, you know, is point zero four. But if that rock encounters a change in the in the coefficient of friction from point zero four to point nine eight. What does the speed acceleration and what is the force calculated force vector calculated on it? What if it runs into a bigger rock? That's a whole other problem. That's at the end of the problem. <laughs> okay, that's how I solved the problem. Just put a bigger rock there; it won't be sliding down nothing. <laughs> those are those are those problems when I was taking my engineering classes that you started out and as you calculated down, they were like one and two pagers. I mean, you. Okay. <laughs> It wasn't like in high school where you get you know, like a maybe a, a a big problem with a third of a page. These uh, these uh, engineering problems were like one or two pages of calculations that you were going through on a good day. Oh yeah, I don't. I like math, but I always had a problem with algebra, and I never went you know beyond algebra because when you start having to deal with uh, uh, things like. Um, you know, x over y times z uh, divided by q. That's way too many letters. Give me a bowl of alphabet soup, and I'll just work it out there. <laughs> See that? That was funny. Um, when I was in high school, I took, I stopped at algebra because I didn't really have a need for what I was planning on doing at that point to go any further on than that. And then 
there was several years before I went to college, and when I got to college, they said, well, you kind of need to go back. So they put me back to, it was like a self-paced class, I think, I can't remember what they called it, and you were supposed to be able to accomplish two sections of the class a week, and I was blowing through it at about six to eight sections of, of, of the math book a week. So I accelerated through and got up to where I needed to be so I could actually enroll in the math class that I really needed for my engineering degree. And uh, it was weird. And I got all the way up through, engineering took me up through pre-calculus. And uh, I just adored it. I love engineering. I love the math. And I'm actually thinking about, hopefully next year, next fall semester, I'm going to have some spare time. And I think I'm going to take a calculus class for fun. Ooh, for fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, everybody has their own idea of fun. So, you know. Yeah. Well, my idea of fun would be to, you know, learn how to computer program or something like that. And I, I, I know a little. Um, in, in Pascal, I mean, that's, you know, probably a dead language now as far as programming goes. But I can at least understand that. I tried to wrap my hand, uh, head around C and, oh, man, it's just that, that, that's a nasty little language. Yeah, C's not easy. I know a little bit of C. Of course, I learned uh, basic. I learned uh, RPG. And then I learned COBOL. So, yeah, and I know basic, and you know, and I know uh, Pascal, and then um, that operating system I used to have for my old color computer had a it was a blend of basic and Pascal. It was called Basic 09, um, and that was kind of cool. It had it, it was the kind of simple uh, structure of basic with or basic didn't really have a structure. It had the kind of the free-flowing uh, aspects of BASIC, but with the structure of Pascal in there. So you could have a little, hopefully kind of the best of both worlds. You could have structured um, integers and, you know, variables and that kind of stuff with pointers and all the other neat kind of stuff. But then the, you know, the little easier to follow and understand um, BASIC language. Well, all right, so here, here's, here's geek stuff. What does BASIC stand for? Oh, brother. Um... Basic arithmetic. Uh, I can't even remember anymore. Beginners all-purpose symbolic it's instruction like, code. There you go. Yeah, that's that's many brain cells ago, but uh, and, yeah. And, and, I, I, there's a bunch of them that stuck in my head, like Fortran. Oh, um, I know it's business oriented. Um, no. Shoot, formula translation. Okay. Oh no, COBOL is uh, more business. Common, I don't know what it. Common business oriented language. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's been a long time ago. Like I say, many brain cells ago. And the version <laughs> of basic that I originally started out learning, uh, using on on my color computer was one of my, uh, a version of Microsoft Basic. Um, and you know, you talk about something that was you know by today's standards primitive. Um, that was all command line and, you know, you didn't have, oh man, you had to read, write instructions to, um, you know, whatever medium you were using. I started out using a cassette player, you know, all that kind of, you had to, yeah, you had to do all that kind of, um, you know, it was just harsh by, you know, uh, by today's standards. I don't even know, you know, when they're programming for, uh, like the, um, the iOS stuff or anything like that. I don't even know what they use in that language. I probably couldn't even wrap my head around it. But. Well, see, the the, uh, the first 
job I had after I got out of uh, just PC support was doing some of the mainframe maintenance. And we ran on a, a, it wasn't technically a mainframe, I guess it was a super mini, a computer from a company called, uh, oh, God, Data General was the name of the company. And they were, Mm. if I remember right, they were a spinoff from some engineers that spun off from HP. And it ran, uh, and I, one of the things I had to do was the daily maintenance, like changing the real tapes and all that stuff mm. from the backups and everything from the night before. But uh, the operating system, and I may have mentioned this on the show before, not these guys that wrote this operating system had a sense of humor. Because there was, as you remember in DOS, you remember the yeah. com- DIR command? Yep. Directory. You got a d- directory. There was a similar command in AOSVS, which was the operating system that ran on that. And but it was actually you were it was equivalent to the change directory, long way around. But what would happen is if you accidentally you know when you're typing on a keyboard, dir you could actually accidentally type die, die, <laughs> and the and the the operating system you did that command and prompt the operating system would respond. Now nah, you really don't want to do that. You know, life is too short, or, you know, something. It, it came up with the, it had like about six or eight canned responses to every time you type die by accident. Then the other thing was, as you're inclined to do when you're working on this stuff, you might be working late at night or working very <laughs> early in the morning. If you logged on to the, the operating system, I think it was after about 1130 at night, it would respond with, why are you up so late? <laughs> Or, or if you logged in before 6 a.m. or before 5 a.m., I can't remember now, it would go, good God, you could have slept longer. <laughs> it was, these guys had a real sense of humor about them. Well, you have to, because otherwise I could just imagine going crazy trying to write computer code. And actually, I think I've gone a little crazy trying to bang out what little I've done. So uh, you got to do something to keep from going completely nuts. Yeah, well, that's true, but... I always found it interesting, but how did we end up down that rant? I forgot that whole. I don't know. We started out with frat boys, and we got over the computer programming somehow, and we That's meander. The That's the fun part about this show. We just meander and geeky, or oh no, that's not. Oh, the hell with it. Um, but anyway, so so Mark's off doing. We'll come back around here. Mark's off doing the college thing, folks. So we have no idea when he'll show back up. I may have to just bring his wife Gretel in to fill in for him, you know, and let her record the show with us, you know, get a female perspective. Mm. So, uh, the other thing I thought uh, that, that that's interesting, and it came up today, was I'm getting so pissed off at Chrome. I have loved Google Chrome as a browser for I don't know how many, how long, almost since it came out, but God, it's pissing me off. I wanted to add in, uh, I don't use a lot of add-ins or, you know, Mm. uh, extensions or anything to the browser, because it does, it slows the damn browsers down. And I went to add back in uh, TweetDeck, which I occasionally like to use for my Twitter client, in the new version of Chrome, and it comes up and it says, oh, well, we need you to log in with your Google ID so we can install this for you. I went, no, you don't. You don't need that. There's no reason for me to log in to install a browser extension. So I, you know, I got pissed mm. off, and and then I thought, well, I'm going to try something else. I had a, <clears throat> I had a weather app that I really liked. I said, okay, fine, I'll install this weather app. No, 
sorry, we need your Google ID before we can install the weather app. And I went, no, you don't need that information, <laughs> assholes. I mean, really, I, I mean, I know. We're getting something for free. Google needs to make money, so they want us to give up information. Well, you know what? I'm getting really sick and tired of giving up information all the time. I mean, I you know, I give up the information that they, they glean from my email and all that. But the fact that they want me to sign in so they know exactly what extensions I've stuck in their browser is just freaking ridiculous to me. It doesn't make any sense. And I just got to the point today, I said, the hell with it. I'm pissed off. I had been using Safari more and more anyway. So you know what? Chrome, you're out the door. The hell with you. I'm back to Safari as my default browser. Well, I've never had any problems. I don't put very many um, um, extensions in here. I have a few, and I don't you know, change them around. Actually, I've gotten rid of a few because I didn't think I needed them. But now as you were talking, I'm going to have to go and investigate some sneaky SOB. I looked at my um, extensions up here at the top here. And I got looking. I got an eBay thing on here. I never use eBay. Where the Sam Hill did that come from? And I got Amazon. I'm okay. I mean, I use Amazon. I'm okay. But who put it in my browser? And somehow I must have clicked on something because uh, Yahoo's been coming up as my search engine, and I don't do that. I prefer Google. Um, so I must have clicked on something, but I'm m- more cautious than that. Uh, I must well, have been I, in a hurry to do something, but I know, and it just uh, just ticks me off. I, it's like, no, you, uh, no, you don't need the damn information. <laughs> or what I really hate is on my Windows machine. Every time there's a blasted Java update, you have to watch real careful. Otherwise, they're going to install the freaking ass uh, toolbar. That's ask toolbar, not ass toolbar. Although there's not I, a lot of difference. I was going to say, what the hell's the difference? <laughs> You know, and the, you always got to make sure to click that off because it wants to install it by default. Hey, I would like to, you know, install my your bank account into mine by default, but you know that's not going to happen. It just ticks me off because I know how I like to run things. I like things done in a certain way, and I do not want your stupid toolbar cluttering up my browser, and it, it bugs the crap out of me. I do tech support for a neighbor over here nice lady you know and she rewards me financially when i go over there to help her but you know she'll click on all kinds of stuff and um i think i told that story on here once before i went over there because she called me up and said mike you gotta come over every time i open my browser it plays the lord's prayer and and, you know if it was internet explorer i could understand that because if the more you pray with internet explorer the better off you are uh but i went over (laughs) she was running firefox and I got to looking, and she had like 73 tabs open in there. And one of them was to a site that played, you know, music. Uh, it was one of those inspirational sites, heavy on the, the graphics. And then, you know, um, it, it, I didn't think it was an MP3. I think it was probably uh, uh, MIDI music or something playing in the background. So I had to go through there and close 73 tabs. But, you know, she's clicking on all this stuff. She's, uh, and I'd go over there, and she'd go, you know, Mike, this pop-up came up and said, my computer might be in danger. And I clicked on it. I said, don't, if anything pops up, don't click on it uh you know unless it comes from the corner down there where you know microsoft has their stuff because i went and put microsoft security essentials on there so uh because it's it's the price is right and it does a fairly good job yeah. 
Yeah, unless it comes from that corner, from that down there, don't click on it because, and I don't know if she goes to sites, the grandkids will go over there sometimes, I think, and you'll know, be clicking on things, but she'll have these pop-ups, uh, or she gets a lot of email, and you know, uh, you know, and then this warning will pop up that your computer is in danger. No, it's not. Um, and don't, don't click on that. And, you know, I've had to go over there and I would, oh, crap, she's got like two toolbars in here. So you had to go through and click them and get rid of them. And, you know, like I said, you know, I like her. She's a nice lady and everything. But, you know, sometimes I just wish you could come up with a, um, uh, of course, we're starting to reach at ages though too, but an old person operating system that uh, you know has a little brain back there, and you know, oh, they don't need to see this, they don't need to see, oh, that's crap, get rid of, you know, and just a filter built in, uh, built into the back end that would just sit there and just suck out all the crap, dump it in a bit bucket somewhere, and do a digital flush and get it out of the computer, so they never have to see it. All they got to see is the pictures of their grandkids and all this other stuff that they want to see. They don't have to deal with all that nonsense. I can't get on a Mac because she's got a computer-controlled embroidery machine with software on there that runs on Windows. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about that one other time now that you say that. Yeah, my geek cred. I've, you know, flashed a ROM on a uh, sewing machine, but... Um, um, uh, 20,000 geek points for you, minus six for Mike, or Mark. Okay. Well, hey, you know, as long as I'm gaining, I don't really care what you do with Mark, so... <laughs> But, you know, she's got to have that computer for the software, so I can't get her on a Mac. You know, I think an iPad would probably work for, uh, for you know, a lot of the things I do. But, again, it won't do what she wants, so you kind of have to, you know. And, and she doesn't call me over real often, but, you know, sometimes when it does, it's usually just simple stuff. She called me over the other day because her um, bar disappeared on Outlook Express that she uses for her mail with the, the receive and send. And, you know, if you don't have those specific things on there, she can't operate her mail. So, okay, yeah. It's just frustrating sometimes. Yeah, I was, uh, I've seen, and, and you can do a Google search for this. The people that have the toolbars from hell, you know, that have every freaking toolbar installed, um, you know, they have like three two thirds of the screen that's taken yeah. up. There's a, just do you can do a quick Google image search and you'll see this and it's like, oh my God, people and you know, you know it's not bad enough. They, I mean, who the hell wants all that crap in their browser? I did manage to get uh, readability stuck back in without having to log into my Google account, but it just pissed me off. I'm 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 so over Chrome at this point. I still I still use it. I don't mind it. I and I like it. And like I said, I haven't installed uh, anything. And um, I guess I don't know. It's, I guess it oper- uh, entering your password and stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm not thinking about this right. I guess it doesn't bother me. But um, well, the, I, I I don't mind that. But I it, it just pisses me off that they want my username and password for me just to. And this is well, new within the last few versions of Chrome. Because you didn't used to have to do that. It's like, stop it, stop it. And then Firefox, while it's okay, the new design sucks. So I, have, I haven't been on Firefox for oh, a while now. Uh, I think it probably comes by default on my Linux machines, I think. But I always end up putting Chrome there. Because I do like Chrome. All you got to do is you install it, put in your Google credentials, Tell it to sync it. I have it sync everything except my bookmarks and my passwords because I do that through LastPass and Xmarks. Uh, but then it'll suck in all my extensions, install all that stuff, so I don't have to be going out there and finding all that stuff and installing it and getting it ready to run. It's just you do that stuff and you're good to go. 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't had Firefox on. I mean, I have Firefox on my work machine. I have Chrome and I have IE because I have to use all three because I have to test stuff. You know, even in this day and age, I got to test stuff across browsers to see what it's going to look like. And then when I do the Mac testing and the Linux testing, I do that from here. But, you know, it's just that's what I have at work. And in Firefox, it's just the redesign just sucks. I'm sorry. I don't like their current design, but, you know, whatever. So, like, like I said, I'm, I, and I haven't had Firefox on ever installed on, on my iMac. And I got this iMac brand new in 2011. So, in two and a half years, I have not installed Firefox on this mm. machine at all. So, I, and, I, and it's going to stay that way if I can help it. I'll just, Safari works fine. Um, I like, there's, there's only a couple little things that it does that I don't like. But I can live with those little things, you know. Right. So, I I just I I don't know. I, I, Google Google's they're becoming the evil overlords, and that's pissing me off too. <laughs> I don't want them to be the evil overlords. Well, we're just pissed off tonight. You know that. I you know we're two old farts <laughs> that are pissed off. But you know we're what not- they you know what they say. It's better to be pissed off than pissed on, unless you're into that sort of thing. But that's another no. show. Yeah, that that'd be freakiest show ever. But yeah, that's just a whole other. Well, you know, maybe not. I don't know. It depends on what you're into. But talking about computers and stuff like that. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Pay no attention to the men over there in the gutter. Um, the <laughs> the uh, there were big announcements this week uh, around uh, Apple and uh, all the new iPads, new MacBook Pros. Um, the announcement around when the uh, new uh, uh, Mac Pro, Mac, Mac Pro, not MacBook Pro, would be released, and the new iPads. I want to start out, and, and Mavericks itself, but I want to start out first with the iPad stuff. You having been a very new owner of an iPad, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about that? I'm still feeling fine. Yeah, I. I don't know. I might like uh, the Retina. I mean, if I sat down and played with it, but I don't know. I mean, I like my uh, iPad Mini. Um, having Retina, maybe maybe the faster processor that might be kind of cool. Um, I do kind of wish I had added uh, gotten a bigger one with a little bit more memory to it uh, or storage. Um, but I'm still happy with it. And uh, putting iOS seven on it. Uh, uh, especially, I think uh, with the new point oh three update, I think it seems just maybe a tad faster but right now i'm not having any problems with it and i don't have any you know any burning desire to move up like i say i wouldn't mind a little bit more storage on it but other other than that i'm still happy with it but uh, i'm looking at the new ones and thinking they were cool on everything uh, although uh, apple's throwing around a four-letter word that i'm sure has got to start uh, torquing a lot of people in the industry off the free yeah i know <laughs> that was amazing I mean, I I remember buying, I don't remember what version the OS was I upgraded to, might have been from Tiger to, I can't remember what came after Tiger. Uh, Anyway, and I paid $129 for that, you know, and and it's been slipping down, and I'm going, you know, we had the 29, and we had the 19, and now it's free, free. Free as in beer. That's right. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. The new iPads... I want a whole... I mean, I've got a 4th gen full-size iPad. The one they just obsoleted. And uh, 
it's I, I assume it's the one that weighs one one point four pounds, and that's my only complaint with it is the weight of that thing compared mm. to a mini. I want to pick up, um, and not that I wasn't used to that weight, and it's not like it's a great deal of weight. It's just, you know, for reading a lot, it's a little too heavy in my opinion. But the uh, I want to as soon as I can get my hands on one of the full size and see how much difference that half pound makes in the. Mm. In the weight of it, and then uh, as far as the mini goes, uh, my daughter has a mini. She got we gave it to her last year for Christmas, and I really like it. But the one thing that I missed, and I said it a bunch of times on the show, I don't care about the Retina display. My eyes don't see enough mm-hmm. of a difference to make mm-hmm. it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But the faster CPU would be very good, and I would really like that. That's one of the huge things I noticed a difference between. Mm. Her mini and my fourth gen, which came out at the same time, they were released together last year, and that's the speed difference in the way they process uh, things. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I had you know money just bleeding out my pores here, I mean, I would jump on a hundred twenty-eight uh, uh, meg uh, iPad mini with the uh, the faster processor, and like I said, the Retina would be you know would be cool. I don't know that it would be a yay or nay thing with me but um yeah 128 uh you know megs of storage and uh or gigs of storage uh crepes and uh the faster processor yeah i would really like that so i could just be putting crap on there and just having a little bit more snap although i don't really notice that my mini's too too bad but i've never played with one of the new ipad okay my bad. Did we, did we hit the wrong button? Yeah, I was in the wrong window when I went to do something. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so like, God, I pissed Kevin off. Now I went, oh, crap, oh, crap. <laughs> All right, so listeners, we're back after a short, short pause because Kevin hit a key combination and forgot he had focus on the Skype window instead of focus on the browser. Do you have your recorder running now? Yeah, it kicked right back in and picked right up and running. Okay, I had to start mine up. So, okay, we're cool. All right. So anyway, you were talking about the uh, the mini, the mini, and yeah. do they come in 128 gigs now? I think so. I think that was the new. Uh, um, yeah, this stupid eBay window here that popped up thanks to the stupid. Uh, anyway, okay, I'm I'm past that. Uh, Apple. I'm pretty sure that that because uh, it's now the only difference between the the iPad Retina Mini and the. Um, iPad Air um, is just the size. I think processor is the same. Um, yeah, they see. did. Yeah, they did. They bumped up to. Wait a minute. Choose. Let's see. Oh, that's the iPad Air. Wait a minute. I clicked on iPad Mini. Why am I over? I suppose since we're podcasting, let's take a little bit for this thing, too. Okay, iPad Air, iPad Mini, Retina Display. Um, coming later in November. Uh, here we go. Tech specs. Come on, load. Okay. Um, this is thrilling and riveting radio for folks. You know. Yes. Um. No, iPad Mini. Yeah. Uh, one twenty eight, six ninety nine. Oh wow, that would be cool. Yeah, and you know that's the Wi Fi eight twenty nine for the. The um, cellular, um, 
which I wouldn't mind having, um, just because I would like to be able to use it anywhere. Yeah, um, that's that is handy. I will have to say my fourth gen has that capability, and yeah, I I kind of like that. So it's it's a nice thing. Although mine's on AT and T, and um, there are certain places where the AT and T signal just sucks around here. So, but hey, yeah. Um, and I think out here we got Verizon or AT and T. That's kind of our choices in the more rural part. Um, I don't know. I've never really got a redone from anybody around here, which is better or worse. Um, so it might be good either way. I think if I got the Ver, is it the Verizon iPad? I think yeah, you could use it as a hotspot, so I could share it with other devices if I wanted to. Well, does your cell phone allow, your iPhone allow you to tether? No, unfortunately. Uh, it's through straight talk, so they don't have that uh, that turned on. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, I'd be on that one, but yeah, I, I wished. Now, I've toyed with the idea of a Wi-Fi or even a, a Freedom Pop. Um, i got to see if they're available out here or not, because I think they work off of Sprint's network, and Sprint out here... You know, since it was Sprint started out, how did that go? As who are they? Uh, well, anyway, a railroad company, um, or they sprung off from a railroad company. So they have right of ways along like railroad tracks and interstates. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, we're a little ways away from the interstate out here, so we don't get you know that kind of coverage. So yeah, I have um, good Sprint coverage around here. I actually yeah. have really good Sprint, but I'm not far from an interstate. I'm within right. about mile and about, about two miles from an interstate so right and you're more in the more populated area out here yeah you can uh, look at sprint's map and you can just kind of see that it follows like like you know railroad tracks or the or the interstate there which are because they own those right-of-ways because of you know i forget what the tie-in is to the rail railroad but anyway there was some tie-in there so they have rights uh right-of-ways to that so that's where they put their towers uh, so that's how that one works. But so Sprint is not really quite an option here. Well, so now the next question. I know you'd like to have if you had the money bleeding out of your orifices or whatever part of you it's coming out of. Um, yes, I said that, folks. Yes. Yeah. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about uh, the new MacBook Pros? Any? Uh... Um, I don't know. I bought my. I got my 2011 MacBook Pro, and. I kind of realized now that I don't carry it around like I used to. I almost wished I would rather have, you know, maybe a 27-inch iMac here or something like that. Because I just, I bought the MacBook thinking I was going to be taking a lot of places, but I haven't. And now that I got my iPad mini, when I travel, that'll take care of my, you know, my Twitter, my email, my surfing, whatever. It'll do most of that stuff. So the Mac is staying home most of the time because I really can't think of a need if I travel that I need to, you know, take a real computer with me for you know anything um so like i said i almost kind of wished i would get the uh an imac but you know the new ones look cool either that or i was thinking maybe an air um because if i if i did have an air with the 10 hour battery life that that thing has the macbook air um 
then I would feel a little bit more inclined to unplug it and maybe take it upstairs and do things with it. But with this, with the MacBook Pro here, you only have like two hours battery life. Well, you un- t- uh, unplug all the stuff, you take it upstairs, and you got a charger with you. If you're upstairs for more than two hours, it just becomes kind of a hassle. That's yeah. one reason why I don't pick it up and carry it around that much like I used to. And again, with my iPad, I'll take that upstairs. I can be on that thing all day and do most of the stuff that I want to do. So... Um, yeah, yeah. If I could figure out, you know, the, that whole money thing, I might just, or if my my daughter is down in Sioux City, she would like to get a. Um, she's talking about getting a computer because she wants to kind of start doing some photo stuff, and if she had a job where she was making enough money that she could buy this one for me and pay back the loans that she owes me, but <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I would sell that to her and then use that money to you know get like an iMac of some sort. But mm, that's something that's not going to happen right now. So and there's nothing wrong with this one outside the fact that my battery is probably. Oh, something happened to it because I come up here and I look on the one of the two menu bars here that you know Mavericks has allowed us to have now finally, and I click on it and this is no battery available, so something's happened to it. So I don't know if the hardware has gone bad, if the battery's dead or whatever. I should maybe have it fixed and you know get it, and then maybe then I would have to force myself to you know unplug it once in a while and actually use the battery so it doesn't die again. But uh, yeah, you have to. Yeah, you do have to cycle that my MacBook Air, which is now technically five years old I guess because it's a 2008 yeah uh, it uh, the battery doesn't hold very long on it it'll mm. I'll get I get maybe an hour and a half at the most out of it maybe two hours depending but it right. will and when it starts to drain and then once it gets below like 50 percent it's you know it's almost like a uh, a 45 degree angle from uh, there on the curve straight down so well and you know that was one of the things that Maverick was supposed to have addressed was battery life um, on, excuse me, on the new uh, computers and so I think you know I never really ran this thing on battery I'm just a little paranoid I don't like to get a battery down too low um, but you know, so it always seemed like I got like maybe a couple hours or so out of out of this. But they say with the new uh, uh, new Mavericks, with its battery, you know, and um, technology and uh, charging uh, capabilities, whatever, you're supposed to get like they were saying like maybe an extra hour on some machines. I don't know how much more mine would get. I think maybe they were talking like maybe the new Haswell uh, computers. They were able to squeeze like an extra hour out of it or something, but at least some more time. You know, maybe if I was to get the battery. Fix and it would go a little longer. Maybe I would, you know, be a little bit more inclined to unplug it and and take it around and use it. Yeah. So I haven't done the Mavericks upgrade yet, and because of a couple pieces of software that I use that aren't Mavericks ready, I'm not going to be doing it anytime real soon. Um, plus, I just I don't know. I'm just I I'm tempted when I do the Mavericks thing just to do a clean install anyway because um, this has had how many times have I upgraded? Uh, this hat, I moved it to Lion, and then I moved it to Mountain Lion, so I'm really tempted to do a clean install this time around. I'll see. I haven't I haven't fully made up my mind, and I need to wait for uh, Piezo, as we were talking pre-show, um, because I use that. That's what I'm recording our show with right now. And I don't want to screw it up. It's not quite ready, and I don't feel like dealing with any idiosyncrasies until they're ready for it. So I think I'll just hold off on Mavericks. I don't think the price will go up any. I don't think it'll go down a lot either. So, 
<laughs> well, you know, and me and my true Alfred E. Uh, Newman style of, uh, uh, of my outlook on life, I said, what, me worry? And I just went ahead and installed it. And Piezo does have a bit of a, uh, a problem, but I don't use that, you know, a lot. Um, if I would get back to recording my podcast a little bit more regularly, I do use that sometimes, or, or I do use Audacity. Uh, I haven't run into any other software that I use on a regular basis that's given me problems. I was concerned about whether Skype and Call Recorder would have any issue, but that still that seems to be up and running, doesn't seem to have any issues. And I and I haven't really had a chance to like pressure test this thing and uh see if I can make it, you know, wiggle and wobble and fall down or anything. But so far it seems to be doing okay. Um, you haven't given it the weeble test? No. No. Weebles wobble but they don't fall no. down. Uh, you know, we're, showing our, we're showing our age again. Yeah, get off my lawn, you damn kids. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so the next thing that we talked about that, we talked about the iPads, uh, and we talked about Mavericks being free, which I think is a great price, and that's really going to piss off Microsoft, maybe. Uh, what about the new Mac Pros? Well, again, it's that orifice thing, but... Um, it would be kind of cool, and it would be nice. I mean, I'd, you know, something about, oh, I don't know, this size. What is, yeah, it's probably about that size. I'm holding up a, for, you know, this makes bad, you know, audio. I'm holding up a, one of those travel coffee mugs. I guess it's a little bit bigger than that, but not a whole lot. Kind of looks like an ashtray, mini, uh, mini, uh, dumpster or trash can sitting on your desk. It would be kind of cool to have, you know, something like that sitting over there, and then you could have more room for monitors. And, uh, what's, what did the base model come with? Was it six core? Uh, no, I think it was only quad, four cores. Four core was base. And you get six, 12. How many cores could you get in that uh, that baby? Oh, you can get a crap load. And you can get up to a terabyte of flash storage. That'll yeah, that be cheap. Oh, sure. <laughs> it starts at... Uh, oh, now it's going to play the damn commercial. <laughs> I know you guys, Apple, we know you love it, but yeah, can we just get to the, yeah, I'm doing the same stupid thing here, too. It starts at twenty nine ninety nine for a quad core. Okay. Uh, you can go up to a six core, uh, 12 gigabytes of RAM, 16 gigs of RAM, uh, yeah, who knows how much, the dual CP, uh, video CPUs, running 4K displays, they'll be cheap. <laughs> and I, I haven't played that game in a long time. But oh, several years ago, I sat down and priced out a, you know, throw everything in their MacBook uh, or Mac Pro that you could build, and what did I come out like twelve thousand dollars or yeah something like that. Well, you get the dual video cards, and you have to get two twelve uh, twenty seven inch Thunderbolt displays to go with it. So. Oh yeah, like I said, it was it was the kitchen sink one. You know what could you throw in there and. Yeah, I, I think it was like about twelve thousand dollars. That one, that was the the, the old cheese grater type, that had um, well, four terabyte hard drives, and I think that was back before they got so cheap. Uh, dual video cards. Oh cripes! I can't remember what I was throwing in that thing. And yeah, I was. If you're gonna dream, dream big. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm curious. I do want to upgrade to Mavericks, and I'm curious because my iMac has. Uh, a pretty high-end video card. It's got two gigs RAM on just the uh, uh, video card itself. I can't remember exactly which video card's in this, and I could go look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, but it was the that was one thing that I thought probably 
would be of use in the future, so I ponied up when I bought this one for all, for the best video card I could get in the thing. Um, I didn't get SSD, which I regret now, but I've got Thunderbolt ports, so I can always put an SSD in that way if I want to. So. And I've toyed with, you know, as long as i got to crack it open to uh, fix the battery... And since the closest Apple store is five hours away, <clears throat> it might be a do-it-myself job. Or I know somebody that you know knows how to work on Apple. I might have them do it. And I thought maybe while I had it cracked open, I might stick and take the optical drive out and stick an SSD in there because um, I could get like a hundred and twenty uh, gig um, SSD on uh, other world computing with their data doubler. I think about a hundred and forty. Four dollars, something like that. I thought about it, but yeah, you know, the scotch in me just keeps coming out. Yeah, my work computer has an SSD in it. That son of a bitch is faster than thoughts. Not on a doorknob. I love it. Uh, like I said, if I could just pry open that checkbook and and do it, and I'm not sure how much it's going to cost to replace the battery in this thing. But yeah, if I had. Uh, the SSD and the battery, uh, I might unplug it more and take it out, you know, and do things with it. I just, I kind of wished I had the money for a dock to put on this thing. Um, so I, because otherwise, if I take it out, I got to unplug two USB ports, my uh, Thunderbolt, which goes to a, a monitor, my ca- uh, network cable, and then my power supply. You got to pull all, oh, and then a probably a headphone jack or something. You got to pull all that stuff out before you go anywhere with it. And, uh, you you know. know, I think um but the 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 docks for these for MacBook Pros aren't cheap, but I'm trying to is it Bookends? It's a company, ENDZ that makes the docks for MacBooks and MacBook Pros and everything. Um but they're not cheap. I think they're a couple hundred dollars. Well, um our friend Pat Mann had uh, one that he was talking about from uh, Hinge Dock. Now, it wasn't the little plastic thing that you set it into. This is one that it would kind of sandwich it in there. You put it, um, you put your notebook the way that you normally would, and then you set it in there, and then it, like, closes in and docks with everything. And that one started out, like, $250 or something like that, but it had, like... Was it six USB ports on the back? It had a monitor port in the back. It gave you a whole bunch of extra ports. I think probably a couple Thunderbolts, I think, uh, ports. And it just gave you a whole bunch of extra stuff there. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be bad, but that is quite a bit of money for it. That was the low-end one. I forget what the top-end one did, but that went up to like 350 or something like that. I say you just go out and buy yourself a brand-new 15-inch MacBook, MacBook Pro Retina. Yeah, open I don't those know. Or, open those orifices and let your scotch out of your orifice. Ooh, I would be Mark Shepard's friend if I had scotch pouring out of my orifices. <laughs> and that's just gross. Uh, poor Mark. A big shout out to our friend Mark. He's uh, I was talking to him the other evening. He's always a fun pleasure to talk to. And uh, if you people, if you're not following Mark Shepard on Twitter, follow Mark Shepard on Twitter. The bits of, of Midwestern wisdom, I'll call it that, that come from that man are worth it alone. And he is a genuinely good-hearted and nice fellow. So, yeah, go over and have a have a follow of him and, and enjoy it because uh, you will not be sorry. 
Yeah, he's been very supportive of me on my different podcasts, and he's always got information and uh, little little tidbits that he'll throw at us. And we've had a few exchanges that were bordering on somewhere between interesting and you know, I don't know, borderline psychotic or something like that, or just you know, manic, whatever. It, it, they were interesting conversations. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of your other shows. Um, as I'm sure the listeners, the regular listeners know, Mike does at least two other shows uh, besides this one when he's on here, more than Mark is. <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, I was listening to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the episode about Dune, and it got towards the end of the show, and you all were discussing between the 1984 movie right. and the sci-fi version that aired, I think, in 2000, Julie said. Yeah, on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, and she she mentioned, or maybe it was you, I can't remember, or with Jeff, I, I don't remember what was talking about, if you watch just the movie of Dune and how confused you would be, and I went, you know, I remember going with my best friend back in 1984 when that movie had come out, and I had never read the book. Mm. And I sat there and tried to watch that movie, and I got done, and I had the same, I'm pretty sure it was Julie going, what the hell's going on? I don't, (laughs) you know, and and, and as I I know more about the story, you know, it started to make more sense, but it was prior to that, I'm going, well, what the the hell is this? What's going on here? This this makes no sense. Well, yeah, and, you know, the problem is, how many? I'm trying to remember how many books uh, Herbert wrote in the Dune series, and then it's been picked up by his children have written uh, some more books to go with it. So it's an expanded universe, um, and and I read the uh, first three or four Dune books, I think, um, and it, it yeah. The problem with and it was a, still a three hour movie. And they still had to uh, condense things down to make it, you know, to get it down to that length. And so you do lose stuff. And I think Julie said uh, um, the sci-fi uh, version of it was at four and a half hours. It was like yeah. a mini series. Yeah. And that one, um, they were able to probably explain things and expand on it more. Yeah, because if you don't quite get the backstory. And don't understand um, the uh, importance of the spice and you know what it all does and all the kind of characters going on there. It does kind of leave you scratching your head going, WTF? And I don't mean Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, <laughs> um, because, yeah, it's like it's you know deep, a lot of intrigue. Uh, well, it, it's religion. It's politics. It's... Um, a world that doesn't have computers in it because, and I don't remember, there was a, a jihad. And, that, and that's the other thing, too. And at the time when I read it, I mean, we're not in the world that we live today where, yeah. you know, we've become familiar with what jihad means and what it, you know, implies and, you know, a religious war and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm trying to figure this stuff out as I'm reading it. And, um, so you have that kind of cultural thing in there on top of all these uh, things. You know, it's it's like a seven-layer salad in there, and, you know, each layer, you know, brings something to the whole book. And by the time you get it all together and you try to wrap your mind all around this a book, let alone try to boil it down to, you know, three hours and have it 
makes sense. And that's why, and I think I was one that said, because when I was watching the movie, I'd read the book, and then, like, oh, crap, 25 years ago, I think is when I read it, something like that. Um, and so watching the movie, it was kind of a refresher course for me with the book. But if you hadn't read the book, I don't know that this stuff would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I was, I, I do, I very well remember, though, my friend Dean and I sitting there watching the movie, and he had read the book. Um, and he's going, oh, yeah, and I'm going, what, what the hell is this? What, you know, what are these pustule-laden characters and, and all this stuff? And I'm going, I, what the hell? <laughs> or string, or uh, sting in the G-string or whatever it was. That was a little oh, creepy. I've, that took a couple years of psychotherapy <laughs> to get that out of my head. Yeah, sledgehammers, I think, probably a little more oh. like it. But I, I do want to now try to find the uh, Sci-Fi Channel version of it and watch it because I just don't have the energy to sit down and read the book. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of those things. And you know, back when I was younger and I had um, you know the energy, I read some of those epic um, Sci-Fi books. I've read the Dune books. I've read the Isaac Asimov uh, Foundation really? books. Yes, and I think there's actually a fourth book that I should sit down and read too. Um, and I've read a whole bunch of the the, the Tarzan books and the Dead Gurus Burroughs. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, me Tarzan, you not Jane. Um, I'm not being your Jane, dude. <laughs> no, no way. You don't look right. Um, and uh, a bunch of the, the Edgar Rice Burroughs books, the Pellucidar books, the uh, um, John Carter and Mars books. I read a bunch of them, you know, and, but now, you know, some days it seems like we almost suffer from too much stuff. Do I want to watch a, uh, something on Netflix? Do I want to, you know, I, and then I, uh, our friend Allison Sheridan kind of gave me another quandary. She posted something, an article that Dave Barry had written. I went, Oh crap! I got one of those old-fashioned what do you call it um, books with like paper and, and stuff in it that he had written. And I remember you know busting and laughing at that one. I'm going, oh gee, thanks, Alice. And now he gave me something else to do. I should go back and read that. And then oh yeah, I've got like uh, a whole bunch of like my Bill Cosby tapes, and I got a couple of his books. I should go back and read that stuff because you know that was funny. And you know some days it just seems like you got so much stuff to do that we're almost like drowning in abundance, and you feel not necessarily guilty, but you would like to go back and you know, like I said, the Dave Barry book is a you know a fun book to read. And hey, you know I'd like to you know recapture you know a moment. You know as you get older, you like to you know capture those moments that you remember pleasurable and forget the, the ones that suck. Um, so I'd like to go back and, you know, read some of that and, uh, you know, like I say, recapture a moment, have some fun and, you know, and have a good laugh because he wrote some pretty funny stuff. Um, but, you know, you just, sometimes it's just, what do I want to do? It's information overload. You know, it's funny you say that. I got a thing from Amazon today and I, uh, I can actually get uh, one of the Kindles well, I, what it was was how did they say it? They sent me a thing, and I redeemed the offer. I can order any one of the Kindles at forty dollars off, which means I'm sure they're coming out with some new ones. But the original six-inch e-ink display Wi-Fi only Kindle, I could get for twenty-nine dollars. Wow, that's cheap. Yeah, I'm I'm half tempted to get one just because. You know, twenty nine bucks. I could put some books on it and keep it in my backpack at work, and right, that would just be amazing. 
I haven't done. I've got a few ebooks that I've actually purchased, and I would have to see what I've been doing is um, our state library or our our local library through our state library has the um, the overdrive books that you can check out, um, and so they've got. Uh, They've got ebooks, they got audio books, which I really love because that's how I can kind of get some of the science fiction books that we've done uh, on our show. Uh, since I'm just pushing a broom around most of the day uh, and doesn't really require me to have to, you know, do a lot of thinking for some of these jobs, I'll get an audio book. So I've got like, oh, between uh, during the school year, four to six hours a day, I could potentially be listening to an audio book. So audio books are, you know, a great boon for me. But I would have to see if that Kindle would be able to download, um, you know, the, through the OverDrive service. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I know uh, my local public library, and I was talking to my oldest daughter about it today, and she mentioned that their school library locally you could check out books on your Kindle or on your iPad uh, by entering your student ID, and you just had to you could renew them, you know. Uh, forever. So basically, until she leaves the school system, she could keep renewing the book. Hmm. That would be cool. And uh, through our um, city library, it's like fifteen dollars a year for a a membership, which isn't that's not that bad. And you know, it's supporting the local library. I mean, yeah. I hardly ever go down there um, because you know to check out a book anymore. But you know, as long as I can do the ebook thing, and like I say, you got ebooks, you got audio books. Not sure what else you can check out through there, and then you know if I actually went down to the actual physical library, I should go down there. I think they might have ours is kind of a small one, uh, but they might have um, um, maybe videos to check out or something. I should go down there and see what they do have. Yeah, our uh, our local one has uh, that. I like our library too. I don't do it, but I could. Um, they have uh, free Wi-Fi that's pretty good, and where our library is located, not the main branch, one of the sub-branches that we like to go to, you could go in there and plop down, sit overlooking the small lake mm. using the Wi-Fi. <laughs> and, That's cool. And, you know, work for a while, and they don't care. They're okay with it. I think uh, I might have to do that one day just, to, you know, to get a change of scenery, although I haven't, you know, I'm not getting a chance to do a whole lot of that right now. I have to physically be in the office but for my job, but the... Uh, that would be something, you know, get a change of scenery, like, you know, spend the morning down there working, then come back to my office here at home to work, and that would be a nice change of pace. Yeah, and like I said, I should go down to our library, and we, they, they got a new librarian uh, down there, and I, I know her. Uh, she's friends with uh, us and uh, with my daughter. Um, yeah, um, and her, her name is Kate, and she's got the distinction of she uh, sat on Paul McCartney's lap when she was a baby. Um, wow! Yeah, because she was her folks were stationed over in England at the Air Force Base, and that was early in the, I think, very early in the Beatles' career. Anyway, she you know sat on his lap, so you know that's kind of her. You know, that's our local celebrity here. She sat on Paul McCartney's lap, um, but she's trying to revitalize the library, and she wants to start doing. And I I should go down there and check it out because I do like to take uh, photographs. And um, she wants to start having a photo contest. I should go through and look at some of mine or maybe get inspired and get my camera out and actually go start taking pictures again and just uh, take some down there and enter them. And, uh, but she's trying to do some things, and she's got some other ideas planned. And, you know, and it, it, 
I'm always complaining that there's nothing social to do in a small town like this. Well, that might be something that, you know, get together with people of like interest because <clears throat> I don't know if I said it here before or not, but the problem with small t- Midwestern towns is they're very sports-oriented, and I just yeah. don't really like sports. So I kind of feel like a fish out of water around here sometimes. But if there was something where, you know, some of us with similar enough interest to get together and actually, you know, talk a little bit, that would be kind of like, cool so i should really go down there and and try them out sometime yeah no that would be cool well of course if i end up moving out that way then you'll have me Ooh, two geeks oh a pair of geeks Uh oh they're clustering <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna form a cluster and then they're gonna take over a linux cluster there we go <laughs> there you go linux super cluster <laughs> yeah i toyed with the idea they have a whole bunch of old obsolete computers at the school there a whole bunch of uh i think the Probably the newest ones are a bunch of 486s, uh, probably some uh, Pentium 4s in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, but, you know, she, the, the, they've got, and I think they're finally getting rid of those things, but there was like a couple hundred of them or so around there. And so when uh, my son and, uh, you know, a couple of his friends were, yeah, I mean, we're all geeks, so we were sitting there, hey, you know, what? we should just get all these things and just build them into like a big uh, Linux cluster or something like that. And the problem is those things would be throwing off so much heat that you'd have to air condition the room just to keep everything from melting. But we thought it would be a cool idea. Well, I mean, you know, you got your winter time coming up up there where you're at. And yeah. It gets, a, gets a little cool up there in the winter, so you could always use that to heat the house. Well, it only gets down to, like, you know, minus 20. Yeah, I don't, you know, that's kind of, that's Mark's kind of weather. I don't know <laughs> what his problem is. You know, it would be no. perfect for him. That's minus 20 Fahrenheit. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, getting, I'm just... Just for so, Mark, you know, and I don't feel like doing the the conversion here. I don't know what that would be in the you know the other the wrong temperature scale, whatever that is. It's so, not far. It's not far off because at minus thirty two, they both cross. Okay, what don't they cross meet. the streams, dude? Yeah, well, okay. At my age, I'm lucky when we got a good stream. Oops, wait a minute. There <laughs> we go. We went down the wrong place again. TMI, TMI. But now, it yeah, I'm pretty sure it's minus thirty two is where. Celsius and Fahrenheit meet again. Yeah, hmm. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just too freaking lazy to do that. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's getting. Kind of, it was it was actually below freezing. I think here one or two days this week. So I was in hog heaven. And uh, but you, know. oh, you you would have loved it the other morning. We had that stuff that I I detest. We had some snow falling out <gasps> of the sky. Oh, oh, jeez, a room. You want a moment? Uh, I'll turn my back. Uh, yeah. No, it's okay. I just <laughs> okay, oh, Kevin. Take a breath. Oh snow! I have to go out and spend some time with my snowblower now. <laughs> Don't give it a hug. You and your snowblower could get a room. Yeah. Well, I do need to get it serviced and get it ready for the winter. I need. Uh, we to- need- we need to get ours at the school ready, change the oil, make sure it's good to go, because we don't want to be without that thing. Yeah, and I need to, I'll be, won't be too sad to put the mower back in the corner where it won't be used and get the snowblower out. Oh, we have mowed in about a month. We, um, I haven't mowed in like two months, but it hadn't been me that's been mowing, and we haven't had to mow that much anyway. It's been my wife, because uh, she wanted to keep my weekends free to, you know, to be with them, so she's been kind enough to mow the yard for me, the two or three times it's needed it over the last two months. 
No, we live on top of gravel knolls, so when the rain dries up, we haven't had that much, although we did go through kind of a short wet spell of about a week or two up here, and we actually got a couple inches of rain. Uh, but if it doesn't rain, we literally have about six inches of dirt on top of gravel, so once the water gets through the dirt, it's gone. It's in the gravel. It's just you know heading down to the aquifer somewhere. So if we don't get any rain, our lawn just kind of goes, and you yeah. know, that's it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I know that one. I've got a couple spots in my yard that are like that. I swear, I think the builder put something, buried something when he was putting my house up just to screw with me. <laughs> Although I kept an eye on it while he was building it, but I'm still not sure what he did. Because so, I planted my yard myself, my, mm. uh, me and my father-in-law, and I did. That was an interesting thing when we moved into the house. They did, because they wanted, the builder wanted way too much to, gra- to seed, even just to seed it. So, and the, we knew the soil wasn't that great, um because we couldn't even break through it with a tiller and he had a great big troy built tiller so we hauled in topsoil he and i spent spread uh, a little over 22 yards of topsoil by hand one wheelbarrow at a time oh that's that's kind of the way this house was done although we weren't here it was the former owners that did it because this was literally a gravel pit and then we're just down the hill from the nursing home here. So when I finally get old and decrepit, all they got to do is wheel me up the a block up the hill here, and I'll be ready. But uh, <laughs> it was a gravel pit, and they built the house here, and then they literally trucked in dirt and put it around here because I figured it out because when we moved into the house, me being the farmer that I am, uh, so we needed a rain gauge out in the backyard, and the best place to put it is out in the middle of the yard away from all the trees so you get an accurate reading. Well, there wasn't anything out there, so I had to dig a hole, post hole, and, you know, I brought all the stuff with me in the town, and so I dug a post hole, and I'm, uh, I got the old auger type out, and I'm kind of spinning it around, and I get through the dirt, and all of a sudden it goes clunk, clunk, and uh, it just run into like almost pure rocks down there. And so finally I gave up with the, uh, uh, the auger, and I went and got the, I call them the chopsticks, the kind where you slam them in the ground, pull them post, apart. Yeah, post hole digger. Right, yeah, and uh, eventually that didn't work, so I just got out Big Bertha, which is like about a four-foot solid piece of steel with a nice wide chiseled tip on it, and I just sat there and jammed it down in there and busted the rocks loose and pulled them out by hand. Yeah, a digging bar. I'm well familiar with both of those instruments. Yes. Uh, we had, uh, when I was uh, first went to work for the company I worked for, one of the jobs I had to do was uh, the the water meters in the area are put down what's called a meter crock, which is basically a tube that's about two feet in diameter and about three feet tall, give or take a little bit. And they're set in the ground. Well, sometimes the freeze-thaw cycle would push those up out of the ground. And if they were made of a certain type, you could just cut them off and and lower it so that the thing didn't stick up and people weren't tripping over them out in their yards and stuff. But if they were the really old ones, they were concrete cylinders, and you'd have to go bust those things out. You'd have to take dig the top off, and then you'd have to get a, a four-pound maul, and you're down in there banging around, you know, down on your knees banging around. You take all the concrete out, and then you have to dig and do all that and get it all cleaned out nice and neat and put a new one back down, and then take a new crock and put it down. And, uh, <laughs> I spent way too much quality time with a pair of post hole diggers and a on a digging bar in a mall. So, yeah, nothing. That, that's one of those things where you just need to get, like, pissed off and do it because the madder you get, the harder it would, uh, uh, you hit those things and break them. Well, the only problem was some of them were concrete, were, were reinforced concrete. 
Oh. So, so then you can't even get it. You know, you'd break it up, and then you'd have to get the bolt cutters out to cut it apart. So oh. It was a nightmare. I still like the one time cable company was coming through the area, didn't have cable television. And we told them to be careful when, when they went by meter crocs, you know. And they had those automatic things that that put the cable in when they'd go underneath the driveway or stuff, so they didn't have to do a lot of excavating. I pulled up in front of a meter croc one day, and I opened it up, and I looked down, and there's the cable TV line going in one side of the meter croc and coming out the other side. And I go down the street. They were probably about six, eight houses down the street, and I said, hey, buttholes, you drilled through the... I mean, oh, no, we didn't do that. We would never do that. I'm going... So how the hell did your cable TV line get through the meter croc? It just automatically just fed it. No, no, we wouldn't. We didn't dig a hole. I went. It's two feet in the ground. How the hell else is that cable going to get there? They denied it. I said you can deny it all you want. I dug the croc up, moved the cable. Um, it wasn't active, so I didn't care what the hell happened to the cable <laughs> at that point. And I put a new croc in, wrote a ticket. They had to pay to have. They had to pay for my labor and all the materials for me to replace it. And they still denied it. Going idiots. I know the state of denial is next to the state of confusion. So those people would mess up. I swear to God, they'd break an iron ball. They were they were the biggest bunch of idiots they had in there doing that work. Ah. You, they could get a brand new piece of equipment, and they'd have it broken in about 10 minutes. Hey, they're talented. Yeah, they were nothing but good, I'm here to tell you. The one time they were punching underneath the driveway, and all the utilities were marked, and they punched right through a gas line. I was like, oh, you idiots. Was That's... anybody smoking at the time? No, fortunately, nobody was. <laughs> uh, it was... Yeah, it's like you, you punch through the net. I mean, I don't have anything to do with that. That's the, the gas company, but it's like... You know, then they have to close it off and all this mess. And then, you know, the fire department's there, you know. And I was like, you idiots. And it was the same group that had punched through the meter crowd. Oh, no, we didn't do it. Oh, no, you didn't punch through the gas line. It moved. It jumped in the way. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah those things jump a lot underground. Yeah, they move. They, they just jump up and get you real quick there. You, know? you idiots. So, I, yeah, I, they, they were just real classic uh What's the what was the term? I'm trying to think the military term for idiots. They had a, a classic term. No, there's snafu, but um, no, it was uh, what they called them private somethings. They were idiots. I can't remember the term, but anyway, that was that that group was just they were. And to this day, I still see their trucks around. I'm going, oh, what are you going to break now? <laughs> I swear, I think they could have dug in the middle of a field like out on your farm and they'd still manage to hit the water main or something like that and you don't even have it out there on the farm. <laughs> nope. Nope. But I guarantee you they'd hit it. <laughs> mm, somehow. They they, somehow. They'd probably dig through your house and swear they didn't do it. So, I don't know. But, anyway. Well, you know, I think uh, we've rambled on and given enough crap to about enough stuff, and we've had a few good rants. Yep. So I think that's about where we might uh, call to an end this week. I do want to thank you, Mike, for jumping in and helping out since uh, Mark has abandoned me. <laughs> we may call this the Kevin and Mike geekiest show ever from here on out. Yeah, but, or no, okay, okay no. I, was, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I tried thinking there. It didn't work out so well. If it was me and Mark, we could call it the M&M show, but you, you and me would have to call it the K&M show. Um, 
We could just call it all about us. And you know, it's a good thing we're not Bob and Dave. We'd have to call it the B and D show, but that's a whole different. It'd be a whole different show. But well, you know, if, if my first name was Steve, we could call it the S and M show, but that's a whole other problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go there either. Yeah, we I don't, don't think anybody wants that. Yeah, we don't know about your S and M. We don't want to know about your S and M, Mike. <laughs> anyway, why don't you tell the listeners where you can be found in case they don't already know? Yeah, and if they still want to listen to me after this, uh, after we've rambled on here, but um, I've got um, uh, we've mentioned uh, Sci-Fi Tech Talk with uh, me, uh, Jeff Sire, and Julie Keel, uh, and that you can find that at um, SciFiTechTalk.com. And uh, this week we are going to be talking about this Halloween is the 75th anniversary of Orson Welles' uh, radio broadcast War of the Worlds. Oh, cool. So we're going to talk about the story of the War of the Worlds, and then we're going to talk about the radio broadcast and kind of the impact that it had and what's myth and what's reality as far as what happened as, um, at the broadcast or after the broadcast. So that's what we're going to do this Saturday uh, or this Sunday night. And then I've got my um, Bard on the Plains podcast, and um, I've been a little lax about getting that out, but I, um, I need to sit down and I said I was going to do WKRP in Cincinnati and I just need to sit down and get some thoughts out of my skull and in through the microphone and into the computer out there and, uh, for people to listen to. But, uh, that can be found on uh, bard at the plains dot, uh, blogspot.com. Um, and then if there's anything else about me you want to know about, I've got an about.me page. And I do have a link there to some of the photos that I um, uh, have done. Yeah, I think I've got – I'll have to go double check. I think I've got a link, uh, link to Flickr or two on there. Um, and so you can go there and find out about me. But that's at about.me slash Mike McPeak. That's M-C-P-E-E-K. That's wonderful. And I do encourage listeners to go over and check out – Bart on the Plains and check out Sci-Fi Tech Talk. We, we talked a little bit about that. It's a good show. Uh, it's moved into my rotation, um, and I strongly encourage the listeners to go over and have, uh, have a listen. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if you want to know more about the show, you can always go over to geekiestshowever.com. Uh, if you want to give us a review in iTunes, and I apologize, I haven't been in there to check recently to see if we've gotten any reviews. If you've given us one, thank you very much. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent, they all help us get more listeners, so I would, we would appreciate that. And if you want to find out about more about me, you can always find me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. And yes, Mark, I'm not taking out the underscores. I don't care what you say. Uh, you can also find me on app.net at the same thing. Or if you go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, you can find out about me. I've got two L's. Mike's got two E's. So we have a matched pair there, you could say. And don't think too hard on that one because you'll get a mental image you really don't want. So once again, we want to thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening and thank you for downloading the show. And we look forward to talking to you again. And please remember, between now and next week, please don't forget to hug a geek. Except for Mark. He's not one anymore. <laughs> Ouch.